Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. If you're a parent today and you played sports growing up, there's a good chance you played several sports. Maybe soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, and track and field in the spring. Some kids today aren't so diversified. At a fairly young age, many kids now pick just one sport, often being encouraged to do so by an adult, and stick with it almost all year long. The potential upside is obvious. More time participating in a given sport increases a child's experience, which can accelerate their progress. But there are potential downsides too, some physical, some social, some behavioral. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, physical therapist Megan Moran discusses these risks. Here's our conversation with Megan Moran. Megan, there's a lot of talk today that kids specialize in sports more than they used to. This idea that, you know, back in the day, parents, uh, people who are now parents played all sorts of different sports in school and growing up, and that now kids are focused on one or maybe two sports. Do we have data that supports that shift, or is just this just sort of a narrative that parents say? No, absolutely, Jason. There is data that supports that. Not only are we seeing an increase in children being active in athletics, which is fantastic, um, but there have been surveys going out um, that look at high school students and students that are a little bit younger, and they are um, moving towards that one sport specialization. And do we have a sense for why that's happening? We don't know why this is happening with all of our students. Um, Some are being pushed by coaches because they see potential, but otherwise we don't have a good sense of why it's happening. So, you know, there's one idea that, first of all, maybe children are just missing out on uh, getting exposed to a wide variety of sports, just the kind of general child development thing. But then there's another side of it, too. There are physical therapists and other healthcare professionals are suggesting there may be physical downsides related to the sports specialization. What would those risks be? There are risks that are definitely physical and um, psychological. Uh, Physical risks could be things like the child not learning certain motor skills. Um, So if you take, for example, a child that is um, running a lot, so they're getting that endurance and they're working on those muscles, but then they might not be working on the hand-eye coordination. Um, So that's definitely something uh, to be concerned about as a parent of one of these athletes. Um, Also then, too, they can be missing out on what might be their calling or missing out on something that in the future they might be able to engage in with their colleagues. So, for example, you know, you and I, maybe our friends are doing a softball tournament and we can go out and play. But if a child has never been exposed to a sport like that, they might be very scared as an adult to try that because they don't have any experience. So let's say the only sport I participated in growing up is baseball. Are there any physical risks for me to doing that? So there are physical risks for a child who is playing just one sport. We don't have a lot of data that supports yes or no, but we're starting to see more of that in our research. 
Um, so what we look at, Jason, is that student athletes that do just one sport, um, it's the volume of what they're doing. So let's say that your child is a swimmer and they're swimming for four seasons, so all year long then that's all that repetitive motion at the shoulder over and over, all those cycles of what their arm is doing. Now, if your student-athlete is a swimmer only and they're only swimming, let's say, in the summer at their local pool, their volume of how many times their arm is going around and around is going to be a lot less than that swimmer that is doing it for four seasons. And so hopefully then your child, in the time that they're not swimming, is being active in PE class and out with their friends. So they're developing other muscles and letting their shoulder take a break from that repetitive overuse action. So it seems like potentially one of the reasons kids are specializing, you talked about coaches seeing potential or maybe parents seeing potential, and even if a parent doesn't think that their kid's going to be the next, you know, Tiger Woods or Michael Phelps or, you know, fill in the blank here, um, there seems like there's the potential of, well, they have, a, they have a gift in this area, and if they're going to really compete in it even into high school level, never mind beyond that, you know, that I really owe it to them to, to help them keep pace with their peers and get as, as good at that activity as they can. Um, I also think, though, that they must look at people at that level, that elite level, and say, well, at some point, these people specialized in their sport of choice. Um, so... I can see how that would be a, a suggestion that maybe it isn't so bad to specialize, but is that why the elite athletes, why there's so much focus on things like cross-training once you get to that elite level? Absolutely, yes. And so there is research also out there, Jason, that looks at 11- and 12-year-olds that have specialized. Um, a lot of them can make it on to an elite or a national level versus children that have specialized prior to that we don't see as many of them participating at that elite or national level in some specific sports. In terms of the elite athletes, it is really important that they're doing the cross-training to keep themselves healthy. So, for example, I've worked with a professional runner who has an active rest period. Um, So this is a runner that is representing the United States of America in several different events, and um, he will have certain periods between his cycles where he is swimming, biking, using an elliptical just to reduce that training and the compression that he gets on his bones. Um, Similarly, let's look at a baseball player, an elite baseball player. They work a lot on their core strength and their hip strength because that's where a lot of their power comes from. And so they're not always working on throwing and shoulders and wrists Um, but they are focusing on other parts of their body to keep them healthy. And then the other thing that comes out of your answer there, too, is the elite-level athlete, once they reach a certain point, they're going to have a physical therapist they can go to to try and prevent injury as well. Of course. Yes, absolutely. And that's important for young student-athletes as well. Um, You know, if a parent starts to notice that something's bothering them, it's better to take a look at it right away so it doesn't become this long overuse chronic issue and we can you know take a look at the child and see what mechanically might be causing it and hopefully prevent some future injuries. So other than sort of mixing up sports um, or or traditionally cross-training kind of deliberately adding other sports um, if you have decided to specialize what can youth athletes do to avoid overuse injuries or, or things of that nature? Uh, Great question. So definitely taking breaks and finding other activities that the child enjoys um, so that they get 
continued socialization with their friends, um, making sure they're still having fun in their sport of choice. Um, definitely stopping if there's some type of new pain. That's something that I really emphasize with my, the athletes I work with at a young age. Like, you know, right now as a 10-year-old, it's not so important that you continue to play through pain. Um, it's a better time to stop, evaluate it, why is this happening, how can we prevent it from becoming a chronic issue. Um, and I think it's important that parents remember that a higher volume of repetitive use of something is going to put their child at risk for injury. So finding something to take away that volume of activity that they're doing in their specific sport. So just to give parents an idea, you know, earlier you mentioned swimming and the potential, for example, that that could lead to sort of shoulder problems from all the repetitive action if you don't balance it with other things. Um, so let's go with some other sports that might be popular with kids, and maybe you can give me a sense of where to, what kind of injuries may result from too much. So soccer, for example, a common sport that kids play. If they don't mix up soccer, um, you know, what, might, what injuries or, or problems might a kid have? Sure. So we see in the research and in our clinic – Lots of knee pain, knee pain that's in the front of the knee, and that can happen from how the kneecap will track on um, the femur, which is the thigh bone underneath it. Um, so that's one common overuse injury, specifically more in females than male soccer players. And then what about, say, just traditional running? Is that going to be the same type of injury or potentially different? So running, absolutely. That front knee pain is something else that we see in Runners commonly is an overuse injury, uh, but also running runs the risk of a stress fracture. And so that's something that we all need to be very vigilant about with our student athletes because they may just think it's shin splints, but it could be an underlying start to a stress fracture. Then another thing, Jason, to think about with runners and overuse injuries is the female athlete triad. Uh, are you familiar with that term? Absolutely, yeah, but explain it for our listeners. Of course, sure. So this is when we aren't consuming enough calories for how many calories our body is burning with our physical activity. And it leads to this progression where we can develop, for females, um, loss of a menstrual cycle. And what that does then is it changes the hormone levels in the body, which can then cause further damage, such as uh, brittle bones, increased risk for injury, delayed healing of other injuries. So it's really something that is prominent and probably not as well investigated with our student athletes as it should be. Um, but that's something that we see a lot in runners and gymnasts, as well as other sports. Um, but it's the child not consuming enough calories to um, be able to maintain their kind of homeostasis of their body. Let's move to a different sport now. Uh, what about baseball and softball? There's a lot of research out there right now looking at uh, repetitive use injuries and overuse injuries with our young baseball players, softball players. So one thing that has happened is between 2001 and 2008, we started to look at a pitch count. Um, and I'm sure many parents out there are familiar with that and looking at how many times can our young athlete pitch before we're going to start to worry about overuse injuries there. Um, so some of the common ones are little league shoulder and um, pain at the elbow because of the ulnar collateral ligament. So those are two things that we need to be worried about those types of athletes. 
What about basketball? Basketball is another area where we have to be concerned about that anterior knee pain or front of the knee pain. Um, jumper's knee is how it's sometimes referred to, and that happens uh, very easily because an athlete isn't strong at their hips to be able to control their knees when they're jumping. So a lot of times, if you come to see a physical therapist, um, we can help to assess, okay, what are the mechanics when your child is jumping? And what can we improve upon here to help reduce that risk of that anterior knee pain? Tennis? Elbow pain again, shoulder pain, sometimes the knee pain from jumping um, when they're doing their services, but certainly shoulders and elbows most at risk there. Obviously, there's so much discussion around football and youth with head trauma and concussion and things of that nature, but, but other than that, what might be the risk factors there? So fortunately for football, we don't see a ton of overuse injuries, um, and one of the reasons for that is is football isn't traditionally played year-round. Um, so typically it's played maybe in the fall, um, and that's it. And then these student-athletes are doing other things, either conditioning or other sports. So um, we're pretty lucky there. We don't see a lot of overuse. Injury. Which seems to underline the overall point. Yes, exactly. So, um, in all those cases, as we're as we're going through sport by sport and, and getting a sense of the, the the potential for overuse injuries, obviously we want to be careful to not make it sound like you know that sports are dangerous. Obviously, we we need active kids and and everything uh, sort of for their overall health and 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 things. But from physical therapist perspective. When they, when parents have kids who are participating in sports, if they start to lean toward one sport or another, what's your advice on, on how they kind of navigate that and, and keep their kids uh, away from maybe too much specialization too soon? I think it's um, really important that parents are just aware, like listening to podcasts such as this one. Um, know what the risk factors are and really be in touch with your child. Is this something that they're interested in pursuing? Or is the coach like, oh, my gosh, you're really great at this sport. Let's get you on this travel team and this travel team. Uh, make sure it's something that the child really wants to do. And then I think as a parent, encouraging your child to be active in other ways. So make sure they're participating in physical education at school so they get exposure to other sports and other muscles and find fun activities that they want to do with the family or the friends to keep other muscles active and engaged. And we focus mostly in this, this interview on, you know, the physical part of it, but some of it is just avoiding burnout and, and pressure and things of that nature too, right? Of course, yes, absolutely. Um, here in my clinic, a lot of times when a student athlete has an injury and it kind of seems like it's taking them a little longer to heal, one of my questions to them is always, are you interested in going back to this sport? And there are times when the student-athlete will say to me, well, I think my parents are a little more invested in it than I am. And so I think that's another thing that um, we need to bring to the forefront of this conversation is where's the drive? Is the student-athlete, is this the sport they really want to be in, or are they getting outside pressure to do it? So let's close then kind of on that note with this. You know, what are the things parents should look for to make sure their kid um, either isn't developing an overuse injury or, or just developing burnout? Parents should look for the student-athlete complaining of pain or just not wanting to go to practice, um, sleeping a lot more. Sometimes that can be indicative of burnout and kind of um, overdoing it. Uh, but really looking for pain, having open conversations with your student-athlete about 
is this what you want to do? Are you still excited about this? Do you still enjoy it? Do you foresee a point, I'm going to ask you to play fortune teller really quick, do you sure. foresee a point that maybe national benchmarks or guidelines are established for, for when the point is where sports specialization is appropriate? I don't know that we'll ever get there. The research is certainly starting to look at it, and they're trying to find that kind of sweet spot for when student-athletes should begin to specialize. Uh, but I don't know that we will ever get to that point because it's, it's different for each sport, I think, and I think it's different for each athlete um, based on their needs and their development. But the bottom line is, for now, play a lot of sports and play a lot of them. Exactly, yes, and have fun. Great. Megan Moran, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.